Welcome to the Power of Technology, sponsored by Ingram Micro. Here's today's moderator, Vanessa Roberts. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of our Power of Technology series. Today, I'm really thrilled to be talking once again to experts from Ingram Micro and Microsoft, because we're starting where our last discussion, not quite a year ago, left off. Namely, how can agencies take advantage of extended reality technologies? I'm joined by Tony Celesti. He's the Executive Director and General Manager for Public Sector at Ingram Micro, Dylan Evers. He's the Senior Director for Mixed Reality and Devices at Microsoft Federal. And our new guest tonight, and our new guest today, Microsoft Federal's Charlie Bullen, who is Technical Operations Manager for Mixed Reality and Devices. Welcome everyone. Thank Thanks you. for having us, yeah. yeah great I to be here. I love it that you guys are here. So let's dive in. Maybe we need to set the stage a little, Dylan. Can you give us a kind of brief snapshot of what we mean by extended reality and virtual reality, augmented reality, all the realities? <laughs> Absolutely, I'll do my best. Yeah, it's uh, as an emerging technology, I think these terminologies get thrown out a lot, and, and I uh, don't know that they carry a ton of meaning yet from like a ubiquity standpoint. The public really, I think, is trying to figure this out. But extended reality is comprised of many different mediums uh, for digesting digital content in some form of either a completely virtual world or a hybrid of your physical world and this digital world combined. So. You have everything from augmented reality, which I think is more of leveraging small form factor, smartphones and devices to augment your physical reality with digital content overlay. Uh, mixed reality takes that a little bit step forward towards virtual where you're typically in a heads up display wearing uh, a, you know, a digital computer on your face overlaying uh, this, this digital reality on your physical world. And then virtual reality is creating a virtual world in which you can interact uh, with some level of haptic feedback, you know, sound, uh, input, visual, uh, depending on the medium and format, uh, you know, other physical inputs as well. Well, I think what's really exciting, and I think everybody can kind of weigh in on this, is there's a lot of new benefits that agencies can kind of take away from this. Maybe each of you talk about a couple noteworthy ones, and we can hit on kind of like what are the value points and why people should start getting really excited about some of these technologies. You want to jump off? Sure. Let me uh, lead off on that. So mission enablement, time to insight, and then workforce uh, efficiencies and effectiveness are, are big areas. Uh, in particular, the area of training. So we all heard the saying, grew up with the saying, you know, a picture tells a thousand words. Well, we all know that we learn more uh, and retain more by doing. And so, you know, extended realities, virtual reality, uh, augmented reality, these technologies are going to immerse, you know, students in those environments and the retention from a training perspective uh, and a learning perspective will be much greater. You want to jump in, Charlie? Yeah, absolutely. That is correct. Um, we, we are seeing where you would have adoption in typical um, knowledge manuals, like converting knowledge manuals or taking someone through a tech class and saying, okay, here is your objective to be able to tear this component apart or replace this in a server rack or take a machine apart and being able to layer in this um, guided experience through uh, augmented reality to basically walk them through step by step how to do something without looking at a book, but by walking them through it and learning yeah. hands-on. Right, doing it is always yeah. better. People talk at yep. you and not until you do it, do you really start to feel and get what you're yes. trying to achieve. Like, I, I am a very hands-on learner. Like I, I, I can look at a manual, but I don't get it until I do it. 
And that's right. where augmented reality comes in and has its power. Right. Kind of weaves together all the different learning styles. Yep. That Absolutely. One? Yeah, I mean, training is the obvious, like, early adopter scenario for augmented and mixed reality. I think we're seeing that from a deployment perspective, but certainly just from an interest perspective, is how do we revolutionize training? Uh, because the ROI on that is so high. And it's everything these gentlemen just said, but it's also engagement from, like, a, studio, a student um, to instructor or student to content, right? It keeps engagement high as, as people go through this content and train and learn in the education space. And that can be carried forward from training to actual doing of the process. So you can train people on how to do something, and then in their execution of doing that task, this holographic guidance can carry forward to execution. And then even when they have issues in execution, they can leverage a technology to do things like phone a friend with remote assistance scenarios where a remote you know, expert, maybe a tier two, tier three, tier four person can phone in, can see and uh, understand the challenge in real time and then digitally annotate or verbally walk someone through the challenge that they're facing in execution of a task. So training's obviously an, an early one, but this technology really unlocks, I know it's so cliche, but the art of the possible really. I mean, you're seeing everything from demo videos created to someone wearing a glasses form factor on their morning run with some level of gamification where they can you know, go through and collect rings and hit milestones on their morning run and it keeps them motivated and engaged all the way through to you know, full-on synthetic training environments with life-size avatars leveraging AI for real language models and engagement with people in this sort of synthetic world. So uh, it's just incredible what the technology unlocks for people and I don't think we've even come close to seeing uh, it realize or recognize its full potential in the commercial space or certainly in the consumer space either. Right, and also just the speed value there, like the ability to immediately get to that help that you need. I mean, that's just kind of a factor. That, that's a value yes. factor. It's not just that you're getting it faster, but it's also cost savings, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we, we've got a flagship deployment for Microsoft where we've supported Porsche through that same scenario, right? Porsche technicians in a garage leveraging you know, holographic guidance to execute a task on a Porsche vehicle. And if they have issues with that task, they can phone a friend back to Porsche headquarters and get that higher technical level of, of support. So uh, real-time deployment, you know, real-time cost savings, uh, just yeah, incredible, incredibly powerful. And that carries forward to manufacturing and service and everything else. Right. Meryl? <laughs> Thank you. We're on three. <laughs> Thank you. So Charlie, what are some of the current use cases in government? And we were talking about the benefits, and we kind of alluded to some use cases there. But where is there a lot of early adoption? We talked about that's remote assistance, right, and training. But what are some untapped opportunities? Um, well, well, the untapped, I think, is more like we don't know the untapped yet because this is such a new industry mm -hmm. or a new technology in the industry. So. Um, we have to go out and we have to champion, okay, here's what the use cases are. Here's what we've determined for maintenance, repair, operations, or manufacturing. Right. How, do you, how do you improve that? And then regular uh, or, or more mainstream training opportunities, or what about uh, command and control? Or then you get out into like tactical type right. uh, uh, use cases. So it's really about presenting, here's what we've done, and then being able to deliver a message of, okay, now, where can this fit in your mission or in your responsibilities to help you better do your uh, goals, accomplish right. your goals? Right. You know, Vanessa, from an opportunities perspective, extended reality is transforming today 
how agencies are delivering services, you know, how warfighters are being trained, um, how we are um, operating, and then also in terms of, you know, how they're working remotely. And there are tons of additional opportunities in just those areas alone today that have yet to be filled. But take our aging infrastructure, for example, and the infrastructure bill. So let's talk about using extended reality in terms of our airports. They're a great target, airport redesign. Um, maybe it's the placement for managing uh, ground traffic with where are we gonna locate the tower so we can now manage ground traffic better. Or take our air traffic controllers, which we all hear the stories about it. We're managing a three-dimensional airspace today in 2D on a radar screen. Imagine if our air traffic controllers could be managing the 3D airspace in three dimension, in that reality. So these are all benefits um, that we could see from these technologies. Maybe just from the work that you guys have already done with some federal clients, maybe there's some things that people are starting to like, well, what could we do next? Like, are they, is that starting to happen now with the clients you have been working with and the customers? Yeah, I think so. And, and um, you know, with our first party application in D365 guides, which is holographic guidance coupled with that remote assistance communication technology, I think, you know, the typical journey for the customer is find an easy, you know, analog process that's been supported with kind of typical analog technologies, book and paper, pen, et cetera, and figure out how to digitize that in this holographic mixed reality world through D365 guides. And we typically start with the easiest of scenarios. And then that carries forward to some more complex stuff, the leveraging of digital twinning for you know, holographic renderings of physical assets to be exploded out and taken apart and put back together in this mixed world. And then we're seeing that even carry forward to more complex things. Like we heard of a, a customer now that's leveraging LiDAR scanning to scan entire buildings and then look for maintenance issues to be supported by that holographic guidance and then that remote assistance scenario. So it's rather than send someone up on the roof and be put in a, a dangerous environment and risk injury to the personnel to look for cracks or issues with the roof, do the LiDAR scan, get the, you know, the leveraging remote rendering, get the, you know, holographic rendering, examine the rendering, deploy a technician out to, to whatever the issue is and, and then leverage remote assistance where possible. So we're carrying forward from like really simple tasks being, being digitized and done with holographic guidance through to now what I consider to be fairly complex, you know, LIDAR scans of entire, you know, buildings or entire utility systems, et cetera. Well, the exciting idea there, too, is that idea of automation, like the comparing those scans, that could also be automated. So, like, even speeding it up further, like the potential for preventative types of maintenance, that gets back to what you were talking about to yes. me, like with the infrastructure. I mean, it's just it's kind of exciting. Like, every little piece, you think, like, oh, now I can try this, right? You can add on to it. And just wait for the integration of AI. Right. Yeah, I was actually thinking <laughs> that. Well, that's sort of the automation goes there, because automation yes. technically AI, right? But before we get, we're going to take a quick break. I want to talk about what are some of the challenges that you guys see that uh, customers and government are having, and we can kind of like talk through those. We'll be right back with Ingram Micro's Tony Celesti, Microsoft Federal's Dylan Evers, and Charlie Bowen. This is Federal News Network, and I'm Vanessa Roberts.
Ingram Micro Public Sector helps their partners deliver mission-critical solutions to the federal, state, and local government markets. Ingram Micro's marketing expertise combined with their vast service offerings makes them an indispensable business partner. They are mission-focused on creating value for end-users, vendors, and partners by providing a competitive advantage and offering long-term value. For more information, visit imaginenext.ingrammicro.com slash public sector. Welcome back to Federal News Network's Power of Technology series. Today we're talking about extended reality with Ingram Micro's Tony Celesti and Microsoft Federal's Dylan Evers and Charlie Bolin. So let's jump back in, guys. Right before I said I wanted to get into some, what some of the challenges are that agencies face. So Tony, maybe start us off by talking about what some of those are and how they can be addressed. Yeah, well, you know, virtual reality, uh, extended reality, mixed reality, these technologies have been in use for quite some time. Um, they've, but they've largely been in the research areas, the scientific areas, the design phases. Um, but today we're seeing them move into operational technology, right? Because of the convergence. So I think the, the areas that you're gonna see where we're gonna see challenges are in the areas of privacy, security, we're also likely to see areas around regulation or legal. I mean, what are the legal implications for something that happens or transpires in a virtual environment or a virtual setting? Um, because there's no real precedent for it. So I, I think these challenges with time right, and experience will all be overcome, but workforce change management is probably going to be the nearest term is how are people going to adapt to using these in their daily lives and in their careers? Yeah, because it's a completely different way of kind of integrating that technology on the go. Absolutely. So Dylan, tell us a little about what you think about what is one of the key challenges. Yeah, I think Tony hit a lot of them. Um, you know, really, I think one of the big issues plaguing, you know, mass production use of this technology is just the fact that um, it's new enough that you don't really use it or see it or experience it in your daily life. We've seen a lot of this, um, maybe the most comparable scenario is the adoption and use of, of mobile cell phones uh, and mobile technology. You know, I can think back, you know, to my childhood and remember when I saw a car phone come into uh, reality and that morph into, you know, the ginormous, you know, almost shoe size mobile phone and uh, continue to adopt then into a smartphone and smaller form factors. Uh, the government was behind that curve uh, and they're behind on this curve as they typically are. Um, but it, I think what it drove for the mobile side was them using it in their homes and wanting to then use it in their work environment. Um, and I think it was uh, with the emergence of Apple in this space going after the consumer market, uh, you know, with Meta's continued investment here, uh, with Microsoft's obvious investment and in commercial leadership in this space, I think you'll start to see this push more and more into the consumer side. Uh, we'll see more con commercial adoption, and eventually that'll drive government and public sector adoption as well. And with that interest will come them solving for the challenges they haven't solved for today, as, as Tony mentioned, right? They have not solved for some of the privacy issues, some of the security issues, certainly some of the deployment and management issues. Uh, we've got some pretty strong recommendations as Microsoft. I think we've got ways for them to think about this as a smartphone and to deploy and manage as they have their smartphone technology today, uh, which I think gets them on network and to production usage uh, more quickly. 
Um, and then I think we also have additional ways that we want to maybe, um, or, or additional use of technologies that we want to push them towards down the road, like the potential of biometrics for authentication and things of that nature. So I, I think it's really just an interest and desire that will then drive them solving for some of the challenges they have to solve for today. I think that comes with ubiquity. Well, talk a little bit about something that is always true for newest technologies. There's not a lot of regulations and guidance. I mean, comparatively speaking, in the federal government, they like frameworks, they like models, they yes. like, you know, requirements documents. That doesn't exist for a lot of this technology yet. Is that a challenge when you're talking to customers? Always, yeah. I mean, they, you know, look, people want to be able to point to something when they deploy a new technology to say, hey, I did my due diligence or someone else did and have the safety net of, you know, a previous framework or approval process to lean back on. That does not exist for heads up displays in the mixed reality space. Um, and I think from our perspective, we'd like them to get away from thinking this as something, you know, completely new and to think of it as uh, maybe an extended form factor of mobile devices, right? Because they're used to deploying mobile devices today. They deploy their iPhones, they deploy their Galaxy tablets, they deploy their Microsoft Surface the Windows tablets. Um, and they can manage those with MDMs and they can manage these products with MDMs as well. Uh, and leverage things like YubiKey technology for authentication, or as we would maybe take them, leverage biometrics and Hello for Business with iris scanning for authentication. And I think that gets them there more quickly um, and gives them the precedence of you know what they've done with mobile technology to lean on. There's also the integration of this is multiple technologies. There's a lot of guidance around security. You know, there's a lot of procurement guidance. There's a lot of guidance around privacy. It's a matter of making sure that these technologies blend in with that and align to those that already exist to some degree. Absolutely. Tony, Tony's the king of being able to actually like tell me each of these requirements and yeah. each of these guides <laughs> yeah. and each of these NIST special publications. Well, maybe I'll get to write a few in the near future. There, there you, you go. go. There you go. So let's talk a little bit about where you start. Let's, let's say you're an agency. You haven't done a lot in this space, but you have the you see the, the capabilities and it's something you want to do where should you start like charlie where's the right place to say like i really want to dip my toe in this technology um so i think it's uh align it to the crawl walk run you know don't okay. jump in and say you want to do the most complex hardest thing you need to solve right now and xr is going to fix it start and say okay maybe we have a problem to where we have pieces of equipment deployed across the, the, the US. And we don't have skilled technicians, but we have junior technicians. So can we uh, provide them with a headset that lets them reach back to experts in a central location and then let those experts gather on a large screen like a Surface Hub and write on it and um, give them direct guidance on how to fix something that normally they would have to fly one or many people out to that remote location, pay for their hotel bill, pay for, you know, food, lodging, everything. And, <laughs> and basically see if that proof of concept fleshes out and makes sense to your organization and does it help you uh, advance your mission. Right, I mean, that makes me think of the Postal Service right away because there's gigantic hub facilities with tons of staff and a lot of support. And there's tiny little remote locations in Wyoming that maybe they have a postmaster, but they might also have some of the technology there, and likely do. So, kind of, you can see like that type of application really working in that environment. Yeah, and to Charlie's point, I think whether a central command center leveraging a large form factor digital device like a Surface Hub or a decentralized support mechanism 
leveraging a Surface Pro or a Surface Laptop, uh, end user in the field with a HoloLens can remote assist back to their support, you know, tier two, tier three, tier four uh, mechanisms to get that help uh, on the go. And do you have any other like advice for people who are starting out? I, I think Charlie took you down Microsoft's recommendation for how to uh, bring this technology into your environment. It's start with our first party application ecosystem and Dynamics D365 guides, right? They, that's our first party mixed reality app on our commercial price list, ready for government customers to digest through their EAs today. Uh, this gives you that holographic guidance scenario, as Charlie mentioned, which can be leveraged for training, for process deployment and implementation through to that remote assistance. Um, and then from there, create the advocacy in your agency to solve for the challenges to get to full deployment of that technology, the privacy concerns, the security issues, the cost considerations, acquisition considerations. And from there, then, we can take you through a journey that says, and we've got synthetic training scenarios we can run you through, and mission plan uh, planning scenarios, you know, all the way through to you know, tactical use and training scenarios. Um, and then we stimulate through a partner community, inclusive of Ingram Micro, third-party application development for that art of the possible we talked earlier about, uh, where you know, our app ISV community, app developer community, can um, really solve for whatever you would like them to solve for. Uh, and it's all the scenarios not accounted for in our first-party ecosystem. And Ingram Micro, through their you know, close-to-the-box services and deployment um, capabilities, can support you know, the early proof of concept through to full production scenarios, whether that's a single location or global deployment. And um, So I would say it's, it's our first-party ecosystem followed very closely by or in parallel to our third-party ecosystem, inclusive of Ingram Micro and their capabilities. And that development piece is huge because you're going to be trying some things maybe you haven't done, and you're going to need some help. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially if it's a totally new technology yeah. for an agency. Not a ton or... of Unity developers at the agencies nowadays, right? So. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, Tony, like wrap us up here. Talk about what's exciting about this and maybe give us some last noteworthy thoughts. Yeah, I think, look, the future is bright relative to the impact that it extended reality is going to have on agencies' missions and on citizen services, whether it's driving better health outcomes, uh, protecting our first responders and our servicemen and women, uh, improving citizen services, or you know, helping students learn in new ways. All of, uh, of that is going to benefit from extended reality technology. And then if you want to see that technology you know, in action, you can come to Ingram Micro and visit any one of our business transformation centers or IoT Center of Excellence or any of the Microsoft technology centers. And you can you know, live test demonstration how this might be applicable in your environments. Right, you get to play with it a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Which is important. That's what's going to get everybody excited. That's what's going to get you excited. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for this really exciting conversation. I was really looking forward to hearing more about it after last year, so thank you. And I hope maybe even a year from now we can do it one more time and see how far down the road people have gotten and what they're doing next. So thank you guys. We'll have a lot thank more you. to talk about in a year, I promise you. Yep. I haven't done that, and I just did it. I want to thank today's guests, Ingram Micro's Tony Slessie, Microsoft Federal's Dylan Evers, and Charlie Bolland. To learn more, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Ingram Micro. Have a great day, and we'll see you soon on Federal News Network.
Thank you for listening to The Power of Technology, sponsored by Ingram Micro on Federal News Network.